podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me to do a review of the season so far and a preview of what is to come after the World Cup, I am joined by nearly the whole team. Um, fortunately, Sai can't be with us tonight. He's otherwise engaged with um, uh, with, with Derby. Um, but I do have my namesake, Mr. Daniel Rhodes, uh, our resident video analyst and data collection expert. Evening, Rhodesy. How's it going, Dan? Oh, Very well, mate. Here. Very well. Been oh, a few weeks. It has been a few weeks. It has been a few weeks. I'm sure we all enjoyed the test match. We um, certainly did enjoy the test match, Rosie. listeners, you want to get into it and watch this team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good job this isn't a cricket pod, Rosie, because I don't think I'd be qualified to talk about it anymore. I don't actually know. <laughs> I, I, I don't actually. Everything I thought I knew about Test cricket is is being ripped up in front of my face. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. You can play a game for 150 years and then just literally revolutionise it. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, I do have our most qualified sports scientist. It's Dr. Phil Barter, professor of data science at Middlesex University. Evening, Phil. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, I, I have to agree. It's uh, the old adage of get yourself sorted in the crease and, you know, work it out for a couple of hours and then start scoring. It, it, it's completely <laughs> gone out the window. It's, uh, if you haven't got 20 by the first couple of overs, you, you're doing something wrong, you know? So, yeah. um, wonderful to watch. A wonderful game, I have yeah, to say. I mean, yeah. First ball's got to be smashed for a one-bounce four-over with a bowler's head as a minimum now. Exactly. It's, um, yeah, <laughs> don't eat yourself in, just get on it. That's all it is. So, uh, yeah, it's very, very, very entertaining, which is the whole point of the coach's philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's show, but it just, just does show you what impact a, a coach can have on a sports team, isn't yeah. it? But, but really, really tr- transformative yeah. impact. Transformative yeah. impact, yeah. Entertaining was possibly the whole point of our football team this season as well, but as we're going to come on to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've got plenty of listeners who aren't fans of the England cricket team, so we will move swiftly on here um, and talk about Liverpool FC instead. Right, so uh, should we start with the good news? Good news is, is we um, qualified from our Champions League group um, second. That's the really good news. Um, and... That's the end of the really good news. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in the Premier League, we are 22 points from 14 games, uh, which translates to a 60-point Premier League season. Um, we are 1-6, drawn four, lost four. Uh, we've scored 28 goals. That's two goals per game. That's fifth best in the Premier League. And we've conceded 17, so slightly over a goal a game, uh, which is at the seventh best, seventh best defence. Our goal difference is plus 11. That's enough for fourth best. Um, so, quick question before we start, um, chaps: Are we 
but for the purposes of this pod, are we going to ignore Arsenal and Manchester City? Are they in a two-horse race for the title and we are a non-factor? Or might it be like the start of 2022 where we had a 15-point gap at Man City and we we clawed it back to, you know, one at one point? Rosie, what do you think? Um, if we have any sustained period of form like we've had it since the start of the season, absolutely no chance whatsoever. If suddenly we start the season like we thought we might be doing or how we ended, like you say, how we started the, the, this calendar year, um, then there's a possibility I think we can get within eight points, but I don't think we're ever going to be in a title race from now on. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's interesting you asked that after a key injury that's just happened at the tournament that you and me are not watching. Um, Jesus is injured, isn't he? How badly injured? Is it serious? He's out, he's out, out of the World Cup. Could be up oh, to three months. Up to three be, months. Oh, three months. Oh, okay, that's fun. So, I think... the one thing Arsenal don't have is depth. Don't have any depth up front at all. Well, anyway, they don't have any depth at all. So... That to me, because before that injury, I would have said, yeah, two horse race. Um, I, I'd i like to think we could put a run together and, you know, do what we did, what, two seasons ago and just pip in at third. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Um, Harlan being rested is probably means that City, for me, and now got a home run to the title. Yeah. Uh, whether Jesus is out for three months or longer. Yeah, they always underpitch these things, don't they? So we might that might play into where we can get to. But I think Rhodes is about right. I think we could probably, if you know, because we've actually looking back, well, there's a couple of good turning points we'll talk about in the last couple of games. We think, hang on, yeah. there's something going on here. And if we can, I'm not saying we have to buy, but it'd be useful if we bought well in January. Um, then yeah, we could potentially carry that form on, improve it even, and yeah, we. We could get within eight, eight, if you like, but that Jesus injury for me just but, maybe brings in finishing higher than I would have said third or fourth. Even if we buy on at the immediate, the earliest possible opportunity, we've still got mm-hmm. three league games before then as well. Oh uh, yeah, I know. It's this. So I would say this actually. If he was here, this is a variable we've never known. Yeah. You know, a tournament in the middle of a season, a break in the middle of a season, another pre-season yeah. to do. A window that doesn't open till after we've come back, like you said. It, it's a whole set of variables we don't know. What we do know at the moment is we've ended this horrendous start to the season. Not in not bad, you know. We've we've come into something. A um, couple of our rivals have picked up big injuries out there in that break, if you like. Um, and our front three are all back at the training camp, uh, rested up. We'll have more rest than anybody else going going into the, going into the back end of the season. So because Nunes is out of the World Cup, isn't he? So, and we do um, have good news on Luis Diaz. He is back in training. He's back. In, so I'm saying. So you, you've kind yeah. of got. Yeah. Bobby didn't go to the World Cup. It's sort of there are some positives we could draw from it if you wanted to. Depends on whether Jota's you're gone to Dubai as well. Jota's yeah. So, although, as we're going to come on to, the attack is not the issue. No, it's not. No, <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's where I, you could you could go that way and say, well, you know, our best, probably our best two centre halves are still at the tournament, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But no, I think to answer your question, we're not in the title race. No, 
Uh, we're way too far back, even for this side. I have great memory of going on fantastic runs, yeah. but I do think we we could we could make it interesting and get close. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I tend to agree. I think I think the best we can hope for from here is is third. Um, yeah, I'll take that. This, out, but, yeah. And just to finish off the context of the pods, we are eight points behind Newcastle with a game in hand. We are seven points behind Spurs. And we are four points behind Man United. Seven points behind Spurs, same number of games. Four points behind Man United, the same number of games. Uh, We need to overtake two of those three teams. We need to overtake two of Newcastle, Spurs and Man United. And Chelsea and Brighton are points behind us. Um, So let's talk about Liverpool so far. Um, And I know you both focused heavily on on this aspect of Avenue. So we need to do the whole thing. We need to do the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and sure. the catast- and the catastrophic. <laughs> so Rosie, do you have you I mean, let's let's keep it completely open. I mean you can whatever aspect you want to focus on, okay, you go first and then we'll come to you. Right. You just touched on it then. Uh, our attack. Um we've had the second most big chances this season in, in the Premier League just behind Man City. That's good. We've had 45 to their 47. Our shot quality is at 13% at home, 12% away from home. That's good. Which model? Or is that only average of the models? And that's the averages. Okay. Um, and our 1.31 non-penalty XG difference, and that's just at home, is also higher than what it was when we won the league. Well, wow. So you could say our home form is good enough, but then you have to come onto the bad down, and this is the more the catastrophic. Um we have conceded the third most big chances in the league, which, and that's across home and away, which is yeah, absolutely yeah. mind blowing. Um, if we carry on with any kind of defensive form like we have done in the first half or first, whatever, third or just over a third of the season, we haven't got a catting hell's chance of getting top four, never mind putting in an attack title charge. Um, to concede that many big chances, that I never thought I'd be saying that. I never thought we would have a minus one big chance difference. No. <laughs> um, no. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Away from home. So just, just out of interest, Rosie, um, who is actually worse than us? Is it Fulham? Fulham and Leeds. Fulham and Leeds. Good Jeez. God. <laughs> um, but uh, the, other, the other caveat is the 45 big chances we've had, we've also got the second worst big chance conversion rate at 29%. Um 
and Man City have got the best at 51%. Mm. And Erling Haaland has got the best for a player at 67% of his big chances. So we've got the second worst big chance conversion as a team. Yeah, yeah 29%. Wolves have got the worst at 28%. And, and if we're being really brutally honest, uh, the big chunk of that underperformance is from one player, isn't it? Darwin Nunes. Nunes has con- converted 33% of his yeah. big chances. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which so is like, just under average, but not good enough, is it? No, no, he needs but to be he's, closer to fourteen. Needs to be, yeah, yeah. He's he's a so he's a um, he's he's also having one point. Is it one point seven big chances a game? Yeah, which is mind blowing. Um, yeah, if he I tell you, if he carries on getting one point seven big chances a game for the rest of the season and converts it at fifty percent, mm. oh yeah, that, that could be huge. <clears throat> If he com- carries on converting at 33%, it's going to cost us continuing life. Well, can't. this is one of the things that we need to... That was on mm. my list of things to discuss. I mean, did, I mean, is there any evidence that Darwin Nunes is taking away chances or big chances and chances and big chances from the rest of the team or is the team generating enough in attack that if one player is missing stuff the rest of the team is still compensating for it to some degree. What do you, what do, you, what do you think, Rosie? Salah's having an average of one big chance a game, which is enough. Mm. 30 chances for him a season would be enough. But as you say, Nunes is also having 5.7 shots a game, which is the most in the league, um, close mm. to the most in Europe. Um, and you might say that he needs to come down a bit. But but it's not just Haaland who's missing chances. Salah's converting at 12% this season. Haaland's converting at 12% this season. And that's all their shots. Yeah. yeah. So both of them, if they come up to the Bobby Firmino mark, so ha- Haaland's running at 36, 35% of his shots converted, which is frankly ridiculous. And that won't continue. Um, it shouldn't anyway. If it does, <laughs> we're going to get 100 points. Well, I don't know if they can now, but he's going to score 40 goals um, minimum. If if Nunes, this is one of my predictions, if Nunes and Salah can get up to 20, converting 20% of their shots, 50% of their big chances, I think we definitely come in the top four. Um, I think the attack's key. I think the games that we've lost has only been by the odd goal. But on the flip side, we have to get the big chances down to less than 1.5 a game conceded. Yeah. That's the biggest factor for me. If we if, if we continue conceding close to three big chances a game, even though sometimes, even though at home in the Premier League we're creating four big chances a game, we're still conceding two point seven five. Jesus, three Jeez, away. Man. Yeah, but that's that's the isn't that the, the height of randomness, Dan? We have four, yeah. one as three. Well, it's like the, the West Ham game was a really good example, wasn't it? I mean, it was an, yeah. it tur- they turned out to be a really lucky win because mm. they missed. A load of big chances. I think he missed four or five in the match. Yeah, you know, when we got fine. a lucky win. Yeah, and that's and <clears throat> yeah. But we've, we've also had defeats like the Fulham game, yeah. where we have five, and they had four. But that's that's what that's what it is. If you've got a game where there's eight big chances split between both sides, one either way, it's just a conflict then between who converts them. It's not one team's controlling it and have three big chances and not conceding it. Which I take. I'd rather mm. have two big chances and not conceding it. And I, this is going against things I've said in the past. It makes it more fun if you've got five and can see three. But if it's over such a big sample, we are not going to get fourth conceding the amount. No. Of uh, points of order, points of order, Rosie. 
Um, we we didn't lose to Fulham. We drew, even though it felt yeah, yeah. like a defeat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course it did. But our, our the shot quality conceded yeah. away from home this season is fifteen percent. That's fifteen percent. Yeah. Every single time, our, it's half a big chance. Every single time our opponent has a shot, mm. and then three or four of them are going to be big chances. We've yeah. Got to yeah, I just sort of backing up really, Rosie. What Rosie's saying there, I, I as you know, I, I generally look at bigger stuff. So I, I've done uh, run Monte Carlo's on on mm. the goals we should have conceded and the goals we should have scored, yes. and then split it by home and away as well. Um, and if I try and be positive for a bit um, in terms of the goals we've scored. You know, our, our actual is at what, 20, 26 goals, isn't it? Something like that. 28. Uh, 28. Um, sorry. And the, what the, the Monte Carlo is saying is that we should have come in and around 30. Okay. okay. In and around. All right. So we're, we're largely in line. Uh, at home, we are, are overperforming. So the Monte Carlo is saying we should have uh, scored two less than we have done. And away, we're actually underperforming. Uh, by quite considerable amount. So away, I think we scored um, seven goals, and the one to Carlos saying we should have scored near uh, thirteen. Hmm. So um, isn't it? That's that's quite a big. I think, and also I think what Murray's saying there is well the, the the stark contrast between home and away. I think at largely at home we've generally been all right. You know what I mean? We, we've what well, we got one defeat with Leeds game. But other than that, we've we've won game. You know what I mean? It's been largely okay. We've got over the line, but the away from home is, is in attack has really been poor. Um, defensively, completely spot on with Roti. Uh, we've considered too many chances, and if you look at the the XGs uh, uh, XGA, sorry. Uh, this is usually under, under stat data, and just for those who would like to know, uh, I've run these sims a thousand times, so I've I've used the XG values for and against and run yeah. those a thousand times to see what the probability would or what we should have what in that those sense what we should have conceded uh again actual i think we conceded 17 goals is that right overall i think like that yeah um the monte carlo is saying we should have conceded nearly uh 25 26 goals yeah okay um uh, and that is <clears throat> we've got away with that away from home and at home are both under or by about, you know, three, three, four goals. Uh, yeah. So particularly away from home, we actually should exceed a lot more than we have. So again, for me, when I look at those Monte Carlo plots that I will put in the chat, biograph on it, I think our away performances for me have been particularly worrying. Uh, we're not scoring and we've exceeded a lot of chances and we've been lucky in the true sense of the word in terms of probability not to have conceded more, which would have led to more defeats away from home. That's the Allison factor then, isn't it? And that's Alice. And that, if you look at these graphs, you really can see the fact that that's what we should have done. Yeah. And Alison playing so well at the moment. He's, he's player of the season for me by an absolute mile. Can tell you that the, I've put, I've applied lines on the graph to you what our actual scores are. They, you can definitely see the, the impact of Alison. He, he saved us five goals easily. Well, he's on, on the, I was going to say, on the, one of the things I've got on the notes is on the Opta model, he's, he's plus 7.6. Yeah. There you go. In the Premier League. Half yeah. Half a goal again. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. Do you know what? It's double. It's more than double the next best. It's more yeah. than double the keeper in second place. Yeah, it's it's funny because I I sort of ran I run these you know what I mean periodically <clears> and I, I ran these at the beginning of the season. I looked at last year's right and I and I looked at right. I thought I'd go back and refresh what I said about last year. So last mm. year obviously we only conceded twenty six goals total. 
But I wonder whether this variability in our defending has always been there. And I've seen it, it triggered something in my memory. So I went back and looked at my notes and the variability was there last season. The range on our data was 29. Was it? That's a huge range considering. So the maximum goals that the Monte Carlo said we could have conceded last season was 46. Yeah. yeah. So do you know what I'm trying to say? And that, that yeah. was in 10,000 sims. That's more sims than this. Yeah. So this where it starts to lead into some of the discussions we've had this season is that we some we do have a system that is either fully on or fully off, yeah? Yeah. And when it's off, we concede a lot of chances so, and a lot of XGs. So let's and that's where it is. So, yeah. so you're saying away from home was a particular concern. That's just reminding yeah, massive. people that so we've had Fulham, um, we've had Man United, yeah, Everton, Arsenal, Arsenal, um, Knott's Forest. Uh, yeah, and got, Tottenham. Uh, Spurs, yeah, six games away from home. So Tottenham had Tottenham had a lot of shots, and you know they generated it, but they didn't have a, you know a, a, Arsenal really generated yeah. a lot of chat, a lot of big chances. Fulham yeah. had three or four, I think. Rhodesy, yeah, Man United had a penalty, few. yeah. United had a few. Uh, even Everton um, had a few, didn't they? Everton had a few good yeah. chances, yeah, good chances. Yeah. Stood uh, Virgil up on a halfway. Man United had four. Um, Brighton had six against us. Arsenal had three. West Ham had five. Forest had five. Forest five. Good Forest God. Five. That's Spurs what I mean. had four. Yep. So yeah. Okay. There you go. That's right. the that's the problem. All right. So we talked about the attack a bit. Not so bad. Talked about the defense. Very bad. All right. Let's talk about the one of the other stories of the season. Unfortunately, Sai isn't with us, so we can't really focus on. Maybe the biggest story of the season, which is the physical performance of the team, the running, the sprinting, the high-speed runs. Uh, let's talk about the other thing, um, which is the tactics, um, but, um, uh I mean, what, what have we had this season? More big chances conceded or system changes? Uh, it's hard to say, isn't it? I think that we went for a period of change in the system every single game uh, yeah. when we were in full-on panic mode, but... Um, yeah, I mean, another so why thing... The team, why, why, yeah, why, as a rule, why would a team change its system? But let's start at the beginning. So some of it will be down to if they haven't got the resource to play the original system they intended to do, okay? Or they don't feel the personal can carry out that system that it intends to do. Or they're in complete panic that they feel like, you know, the opposition have worked them out and they, they, they can't do it. So remember two seasons ago, we... We ran out of midfielders again and we put all our forwards on. And we definitely played a two, a two in the midfield and four up front. I think when we not long after we signed Jota, um, because that was an injury in force, we had to do it. Uh, then we went back to a three as soon as people became available. So you managed yeah. to load that way. This season, I I would imagine it's somewhere between not having the personnel available when uh, Thiago's not been fit or um, Henderson or the. They've, they've basically not had the resource, which I will come on to within them from a physical attributes to do with the jobs mm. that have already been had. Nabi at all. We haven't had Nabi at all. No. Um, you know, and it's then you've got the tactical tweaks that come within that as well. Um, so we, we discussed at length that the plans in pre season they couldn't put into play because they had injuries earlier on early on at the back end of, of pre-season. So they yeah. went into this first game, not with the side they wanted to play with. And then it got progressively worse because they lost Thiago, you know, new winners get suspended for three games. So you, your first four games were affected by suspension injury or both. Yeah. 
Um, so obviously on the injuries, we did have a particularly bad start to the season with injuries. Um, I guess in the break, the World Cup break has come at a decent time for us, Rosie, because Diaz is back, Joel Matip mm-hmm. is back, and there's somebody else as well. Jota might be back soon. No, not Jota. No, no. Is it? Jota's Ox. February, isn't it? Ox is Ox, back. Ox was back just before the World Cup. Oh, he was, yeah. So he'll be working with the team more as well. Um, Canate has been in and, out, in and out most of the season. Robertson had a few injuries as well. Um, Ramsey's Paul. back. Ramsey's back in the team. So yeah, there was there, there was a there was a better there's better news on that front, right? To be in a better yeah. potentially better condition to go back in. And equally, if you look at the players who haven't gone to the World Cup, yeah, Salah, um, Salah Diaz, yeah, Nunes is only playing group stages. Yeah, uh, I know Joss is not back, but he's been doing rehab. So yeah. you know, Bobby's not gone. No, uh, your midfield probably Thiago didn't go. Thiago didn't go. One of our key players, Harvey, hasn't gone. Fabinho has uh, gone. Obviously, Curtis hasn't gone. Uh, Hendo's gone. Obviously, Naby, whether he still is in the fold or not, he's by the by, but he's around. Uh, your back four is probably where we're most stretched in terms of going to the tournament. Uh, yeah. Gomez hasn't gone, obviously, and neither's Matic because he's retired. But you probably your your starting two centre halves are, are both at the tournament still there. Yeah. Uh, Robbo's not gone. Uh, now there's Costas, uh, Trent has gone, but just to train. Um, and Ramsey's back fit. So no, he got key... on the pitch, didn't he? He actually got oh, sorry, on for the pitch. half an hour. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, largely he's there to yeah, train, yeah. isn't he? In the show, mad, everybody has it? to take free kicks. But uh, your best keeper in the tournament and the world is there. So you know, yeah. it's twos and fries. Unfortunately, the I would say the players that we that are that are, we need to improve, if you like, or the area we need to improve, we've got the most players still left at tournament, which is yeah. defensively. Okay. Um, so Rosie, the in terms of the in terms of the personnel, we look potentially okay-ish to you know to restart in that in that sense. Yes, um, I, I I think we've we've been slightly fortunate that some of our players haven't gone that could have um, or have gone and have hardly contributed. Yeah, do you, do, you, do you do you see us from this point talking about the systems? Do you see us sticking to the four three three from this point forward? Well, I hope so. Um, just on the tactics, I was just going to touch on the, the pressing down and the fact that um, we must have spoke about a thousand times that the, the, the pressing has been one of our key creators. And yeah, historically, you, yeah, yeah, bring the ball back from a press. Yeah, um, that shot has got a higher shot uh, value than any other shot that you can create. It's, you, often, it's a big chance, isn't it? Yeah, it is it's around. 30% or something. Um but we've only we've had 38 of them. But my my issue is, and this is this shows and touches on the tactical frailty that Barts was saying, and defensively the defensive stats that we've had, we've conceded 32, so there's barely any difference in what we've created to what we've conceded from our press in this season. 38 to 32. It's usually it's usually so we're having more than one a game leading to a goal or shot. But we're conceding more than one a game. We've got to stop that. Yeah. Our press has been because of all the tactical changes and the personnel changes. Our press has been a weakness this season. How often can you say that? Yeah, yeah. We've been able to say it at other points. So we were talking about it a lot in the first um, third of last season as well, weren't we? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the press had become more of a weakness than it had become a, a strength. Um, yeah, and I guess I guess the team, the game which 
um, pit, t- typified that more than any of was probably the Brighton game, wasn't it, Rosie? Mm. Um, where well, this, this season will last. Yeah, this season. Yeah, this season. Yeah, six chances conceded against Brighton. Yeah, because we just come back off a off a off a three week um uh, three week break for the 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 Queen's uh, the Queen the head of death the head of state and in the UK, um and yeah and it was an a bit absolutely abysmal performance and and the pressing was as one of the bad, as bad as it's been I think Rosie I think did you collect that, that one that that and the Napoli game shocked oh, yeah. me. Um, in terms of how bad we were organisationally, in, in terms of not being cl- not closing down, yeah. not working, um, a lot of individual pressing, a lot of headless chicken, yeah. a lot of type stuff. Whereas I thought it did improve towards the end of that period, um, yeah. you know, the last four or five games. But then we were still conceding some big chances. So yeah, if we can turn that into a into we we have two shots, three shots a game from pressing and, and barely concede one. Yeah. And I think that'll reflect in the, the number of big chances that we're conceding. So but one of the trends we saw in the first uh, third of the season was that the pressing became much less proactive. We yeah. we didn't really press much um into the into the opposition final third. If we did, it was just the odd solo press from a player. Yeah, virtually nothing in in the in the opposition box. We weren't hunting the ball. No chains, no chains. No, no, no chains. Mostly solo, and it was nearly all kind of defensive in in nature. You know, either side of the, yeah. you know, either side of the centre circle, and in our in our own half. Do you, do you think this? Do you think that's going to continue? If you had to make a prediction for Leicester and who's what's the other? Is it Villa? Villa. Is it Villa and Leicester? Isn't it? Villa and Leicester. Do you, do, you, do you think we'll continue that same style of a more conservative press? Or do you I go back to the heavy metal. Do you think we got it in us? Well, uh, see, one of the things I have done, you know, I've done is I've looked at our shape and everything and how we've done. Yes. And, and I, I would have said the last two games we've started to get a bit of consistency uh, in our position. Tottenham and top, top away and Saints. Southampton. Yeah. Um, other than that, I was actually quite interested in hearing Rosie talk through the games. <clears> I was looking at the maps and like we're, we are literally all over the shop for quite a lot of them. And then we get to a nice steady period with City and West Ham and then Leeds, we do something. I don't know what's going on with Leeds, but in terms of the shape there. But anyway, that probably reflects in the performance. So but if I look at that and I look at where we are and also remember I lay on top of it, the EPV or the XT values, yeah. we get more consistent with our high value players in the last two games. Whereas before, the person who is deemed to be the one who has the most threat varies considerably amongst the the changes. And we get this, we've now become a bit of a strong, a square with a player in the middle system. So uh, you've got um, Tottenham away, there's Nunes, Salah, Firmino behind them, Thiago and Fab. Mm. There's a box with with, uh, Firmino in the middle. For the Saints game, we had the same box formation, if you like, but Salah and Nunes were a little bit deeper and Firmino was up top. So we had the same five players involved. And then the wide players where the two fullbacks would be were the two greatest XT or EPV threats. So to see that consistency, I know it's only two games and it isn't a run, but that yep. gives me some some lights, some some fresh things. And that also I would suggest I think we are returning to what we do best. The problem I think we had in both those games, and I wasn't in the Saints pop with you, but we fell off the cliff in terms of physically on 60 minutes, was it? Yeah, well, yeah, second, yeah, half time or 60. Half time or yeah, 60. So yeah. 
I'm hoping that with this break, we might be able to repair some of the stuff and so would confirm or not um, the bits we didn't do pre-season to maybe build in some capacity that we haven't got. But certainly from attacking point of view, for me, it looks like mm. we've settled on let's go and do the 4 3 that we've been doing for seven seven years really well. Yeah. And let's get that right with the personnel. We've got Nunes playing this wide left role, which would be really interesting to see what happens when Diaz comes back, if mm. how he integrates that. Um, and I would suggest that that system is, and the shape of that is better set up now to do the group pressing that we've always been doing as old well because as the connections are there to work on and off the ball, if that makes sense. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So just in the last, just in those two games where we, where we after we ditched, we went back to 4-3-3. Yep. Uh, and we, uh, I think for the Napoli in the Champions League game, wasn't it? That's all. Nice that been three in a row, wouldn't it? We did that. Yeah. yeah. And OX as well. OX was kind of a bit of a 4-3-3 as well. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, we, did you say that the fullbacks were basically the biggest in terms of expected threat yeah. creation in your model? Yeah. Back to back to the foot. So Trent and Simicast, Trent and Robbo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas before you'd had like Salah <clears throat> popping up in one game, yeah. Harvey, Fab Thiago. Do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. shared. There wasn't a consistency in the pattern of our play. And in terms of the two wide forwards or the, the false nine or the eights, were any of the others highlighted as, as, as EPB or was it was it literally just the So fullbacks? for Tottenham away, uh, Nunes and Salah, Thiago uh, were all fairly decently highlighted with um, with Fab. Uh, Firmino is more of a connector in that, if you like. Yeah. Uh, for Saints, um, kind of the reverse, uh, Firmino, Nunes, Thiago, uh, better than Salah. Uh, but Fab became more of a. He's a very low value. He's like, not not zero, but he's a, yeah. almost white, if you like, on the scale. Okay. So uh, yeah, for me, just there's just a better pattern there, Dan. You know, I'm like with patterns, and it just, yeah, you it love just a pattern. I love a pattern, and I look at it and go, they they look more similar. <laughs> to them, right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I said it's only two games, but it gives me gives me some confidence that we can do something at the back end of the season. Yeah. I mean, Rosie. I mean. One of the most depressing things the season so far was the was the opening game against Fulham, where we we literally looked like a team of plodders, didn't we? That we were swarmed all over Fulham. It was the high high octane, high energy, um, and we just looked like pedestrian in com- comparison. Yeah, we we come back against Villa and then Leicester. Neither of them, neither of those two teams, are the most dynamic in terms of the Premier League. Villa are very near the bottom, in fact, in terms of running. Um, Leicester are a Brendan team. Um, so they're not the most dynamic either. What do you, what are you expecting? Do you think we'll be able to go out and? Would, would, do you, what do you think are the chances of something like 
Fulham as being shocked again. Do you think that's do you think that's now gone, or do you think it could happen again? <laughs> well, I, I recently listened back to our season preview, and yeah, and just kind of baffled as to how how we interpret how this preseason is going to go in Dubai, um, how this World Cup is going to affect us. Mm. Uh, uh, and this has to be key. Are we going to learn the lessons of what clearly, clearly has happened? Something's happened behind the scenes in terms of the recommendations for players playing, players being arrested. Yeah. Our managers even talked about him in public, hinted at it about team selections, about players not starting, about players only having 30 minutes, about players only being able to play the first 60, all these things. If we've learned the lessons and gone, either we don't listen to that or we've tweaked it and we think we've got the right formula now um, and we apply that and our players are fit, much fitter than what they clearly were, because it's not that wasn't a tactical thing. No. It was a physical thing. Um, and if if we've learned those lessons... We did, although, to be fair, think- Renzi, there was a lot of people telling us in those early weeks when we were raising this, saying, is it tactical? Is this a choice? Are we, um, are we? you know, the players are putting oh. in less now to put in more later? And, and I think, well, we, we didn't actually really see it at all, in the, apart from one game against Man City. Yeah. Where we, I think it was 120k, and then we couldn't get up for the next game after that. Because, yeah. yeah. That was kind of an adrenaline level. Yeah. Where, you know, it's a huge game. Yeah, uh, it's only half a game as well. It's only yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Then we couldn't, um, compete, couldn't keep it up anyway. No. Um, you're the sports scientist on this as well. Do you? <laughs> what do you think in terms of the? I mean, it's clear we don't know what went wrong, right? But we can safely say that pre-season didn't do its job, did it? Yeah, I, I think we we can't pinpoint it, but if you look at all the factors that are clearly influenced by our um, physical levels. As a result of of a preseason going well, if you like, the reverse is also true. Uh, there were so many things that just weren't right, and it pointed to the fact that we got preseason wrong. We clearly got it wrong, or we didn't plan it. Uh, we had too many injuries. That's another telltale sign we got things wrong. All in the same area, or roughly same area. There were soft tissue, and also it was two or three hamstring injuries. And then Thiago gets goes off with a hamstring injury, I think, in the Fulham game as well. So you know that 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 points to you that you've overloaded and underloaded in in a particular area. Yeah. They weren't conditioned as you you spot on. I would say actually I'd probably say that the majority of the first fourteen games we weren't anywhere near where we should have been yeah. physically uh, to go to Napoli and see that many goals and look that that slow. Uh, nine big chances. Nine big chances. That's that's something that should never ever be happening at a top level game. So I think yeah. we we fundamentally didn't prepare correctly for the the season. Uh, yeah. Whatever reason that is, we don't know the findings and outs of it, but it was right yeah. there. We had a set of tactics to go out and play, and the players couldn't do it. Yeah. So I think um, if we this will be the third restart of the season, bizarrely, or yeah. first one against Fulham, then against Brighton, and then this one against Villa. And I think. Um, you know, we we've already right. seen two two absolute sh- horror shows in those yeah. previous restarts. Um, I think if it's a third one, you know, you're going to be into the stage where heads are going head, some heads are going to have to roll for this. Either it, whether it's medical, whether it's physio, whether it's coaches, who knows, right? Who knows, but you, yeah. you, you've got to have to, yeah. The thing, the only problem with it being, it's annoying. We've got another new coach, right? 
So when we came back after the break, Brighton had just got a brand new manager in. Oh yeah. Right, and, and he, he did he did a pretty good number. Oh in terms God, of it's tactics, um, right. Oh, it's um, and it's another new Emery. Oh, Emery, Emery, right? Yes. Now oh, I'm not dear. saying. So I know he's had a few more games. He's probably got them playing, hasn't he? He's, he's not quite up. Carlo, is he? But he's, no. he's a bit of a nemesis. Definitely. He's a bit of a nemesis. So yes, it's just one. Of, I mean, yeah. At this point of the season, you're looking for all those things, aren't you? Because you're not confident in your own ability. But um, yeah, I, we have to get it. This isn't. Everyone on that team, everyone coaching team, the whole lot. No, we have to get it right from now on. We have mm. to. Otherwise, as you say, people are going to people are going to lose jobs. <clears throat> yeah, and bizarrely enough, actually, we got the Man City game just before Christmas in the League Cup. I mean, yeah, yeah, be interesting to see what level. Annoyingly, that's City though, isn't it? Because if it wasn't City. But you got, the, I, you, got, you got your first came back. You got a couple of pre-season friendlies, and you're going to come back into a uh, into 120k run plays against 120k match potentially. Yeah, I know. I know. Who have we got in the pre-season? Is it Leon and Milan? Is that right? Have I heard that right in the I friendlies? So. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it, so that's three games to get ready basically for Villa, which is the game we need to be on for. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, so none, none of us are bothered about the Man City game, are we? Really? No, it's just at home. I mean, no one likes to lose at home. Right? No, it's away. It's, it's away. Is it away? Right. Oh, oh, well, then I'm even less bothered. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and the, the, the final thing I was going to say was, Rosie, um, we've already missed two games because of the Queen's funeral. Um, Wolves at home and Chelsea away. And my understanding from um, ex- the unofficial Premier League expert, Dale Johnson, ESPN... <laughs> is that us and Chelsea have not got a blank window to fit this in before oh. the end of the season. So we're all, we're already looking at three games in a week scenario, aren't we, at some point with the Chelsea match, and we've got to squeeze Wolves in as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know when. Uh, and you mentioned it as soon as it happened. Um, this is obviously the most condensed Premier League season of all time. Um, and... Mm. Yeah, there's going to have to be either some very early cup exits for both teams, um, or maybe even and/or Champions League exits uh, to get those games in. Because if we do what we did last season, there won't be a spot to play it. Mm. It's going to be really strange if we beat Man City in that League Cup game and then end up with playing, you know, League Cup game. Do you, do you think there's a possibility this season, Rosie, that somebody? In the top division, somebody who's in Europe, like us or Man United or whoever, right, ends up having to play in the same competition, two different teams on the same day, or maybe yeah. within twenty four hours. Do you think that's going to happen this season? It's happened to us before, but yeah, yeah, be a, yeah. Uh, well, people uh, kind of forget about it well, because we one of, one of the teams was in bloody um, the Middle East, wasn't it? So, um, so we yeah, we we played in Qatar in the World Club Cup, and yeah. um, and we played out on the. Better, they? Yeah. yeah. But do you, do you do you think? Because I've seen a few threads from Dale on this. Do you, do you? I I think it could likely happen actually. This, do you think? This season, yeah. Where either the same day, that's it. Yeah. Either one of the teams actively schedules it for the same day. So like, say like United, just say fuck it. We'll just we'll say we'll just play the kids in the FA Cup and we'll play another game on this day, right? Yeah. Or yeah. because when you having to do say like you've got a game on a Saturday, then a Tuesday, Thursday, and then a Saturday, you've got to fit that in with with your opponents as well. That's the hard. Yeah, thing. I think the th- the difference with the World Club Championship was that it didn't it didn't really like for the if you look at it they're all old men aren't they old English men 
organizing these things basically right and it didn't affect their tournaments if you like they still got mm. their game played at the same time oh it if did. you if, a lot of no no but what i'm saying is like you're saying you're going to play a premier league game on the same day as an fa cup game or a league cup game that would affect two of the home tournaments i think that's a bit of a different question so you think that you think they'll be you, oh, i think we'll said... be forced to play three i think we will be forced to play three in a week like so united like... nearly did uh, Saturday, t- Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, I think they'll. I think that's what they'll do because you remember, <clears> right? We, if we get knocked out of Europe, we can't play on that game anyway because you can't oh, no, play the, on a European. Yeah, but they gave exceptions. UEFA gave exceptions for that as well last season and the season before. Oh, so, no, it just yeah. I, it'd be a lie like they won't do it for this. Season, <laughs> I think the, the easiest way to get these games played is to not is to get knocked out by C. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got uh, the cup final for that. Chelsea one out as well. First to rearrange that. Yes, they? Chelsea are already out of the, of the oh, league yeah. cup. So that's so basically that, that's the that's the game, right? If we get knocked out by City, we have a league cup final uh, when that is played. Whenever we can play that fixture again, what you know, we, we can work it out is what I'm saying. All, all the semi final, the, the league cup, all the semi final. Yeah, you've got those because they're midweek, aren't they? <clears> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's talk about. Uh, us and our rival. We've talked about a lot about us on the restart and going forward. Yeah. Um, let's talk about us and our rivals. So, um, it's a good job we are we aren't directly in competition with Arsenal um, and Man City this this season because um, un- annoyingly, Bart's Arsenal have um, pretty much the best underlying numbers. Uh, depending on which model you look at, um, pretty much the best underlying numbers in the league. They got on understat. They got the best attack, and they got the second best attack, and the best defense, and the best expected goal difference. And on the Opta model, um, City just squeak it, but Arsenal are actually got the numbers of a really good team. I know it's. Um, I don't. I don't know because we've sat here before and said, "Oh, I'm not sure about Arteta and you know this yeah. Arsenal side and the rest of it." But actually, he's he's bought the right players, I think, to get his system working. Yeah. And whatever you think about those players, mm. I know there's some off-the-field stuff and the rest yeah. of it, right? He has got a two-man midfield working with Zaka and Party, yeah. and he's got a plethora of tens to rotate in front yeah. of him. He's got two speedsters down either wing, and he's got he's got a nine, right? And they haven't had a nine that does the job that uh, he's wanted them to do. Yeah. And, he's got, and he's got a left-back that doesn't get injured. You know, so and he's and he's bought the other centre half that was on loan for ages. Uh, set about, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's a very, very good centre half. He brought yeah. him sat in next to the so Gabriel, and they've got yeah. suddenly so, you've got a very solid team that are performing bang on their XG. And you think about how good we've been in expected goal difference, which is an expected goal difference is the number one measure of, yeah, your, of, of, of your over underlying team performance. Yeah. And Arsenal's is double hours yeah. this season on understat, which is just fucking. So that they are nuts. they are where they should be. Really, yeah, yeah. the the thing that I would say, and I'll go back, is they haven't got any depth. If mm. Jesus is out for an extended period of time, Shishenko yeah. gets injured, or yeah. one of the two sitters gets out injured, they will struggle because they haven't got any replacements. So yeah. that's yeah. where I would I would say that they are they are in the position they should be in. All right, and you know all these things about if you're there at whatever stage at these points, you should go on and win the title. The only caveat is you've got a massive break in the middle of the tournament and they've lost their forward. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 park City and one, Arsenal. One caveat, Dan, on Arsenal. Come. They've had the most defensive errors in the league. This I know. Season. I know. Yeah, it's I saw that. Is that they're really nice <laughs> in that, aren't they? And aerially as well. Yeah. They're not great aerially either in the box. 
They just so, don't. I can't remember the figures, but they can't. They just don't let you have man punch. So Arsenal, Arsenal have got the most defensive errors conceded, and they haven't been punished for making those errors. That's that's not going that's to sustain, it. right? Right. Nah. But at the same time, they've also got the most defensive errors by their opponents, eight. So yeah. that tells me something that they're doing with their with their pressing side of things as well. And, and they are conceded the fewest big chances. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, so we are going to park that. We are going to park Arsenal. We're just going to focus yeah. on the, 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 the other three teams above us, plus Chelsea and Brighton. Um, the good news here, that first of all, it's really, really annoying for me that Newcastle are actually ahead of us on expected goal difference uh, on both models, on Opta and on Understat. I mean, I did not think that would be possible at the start of this season because, you know, Newcastle have bought some good players, but essentially they, they've got some really average players in their 11, but their manager is getting more, getting far more than yeah. the sum of their parts. He's turned them into far more than the sum of their parts. Um so it's annoying that Newcastle really got their shit together in that respect. But the good news is, after having a look at this, is that none of the six teams from Newcastle to Brighton have got what you would call an objectively good defence. The, no. the best defence is Brighton conceding 1.15 expected goals against per game. And that's on the Opta model. Opta models um, is slightly more conservative than... Um, um, than understand, understand is more generous than Opta um, on the expected goals. But it tells me, you know, you're not looking against a team where, you know, it's not like we're trying to overturn somebody who's got like, who's only conceding 0.9 XG per game. You know, that, that you know, these thinking shit, they're actually a really good team there. So none of the, none of the, none of the, none of the six are, are objectively good. And Newcastle have been running pretty hot um, at both ends. Um, so there's some there's some good signs there for us. So on on the Opta model in attack, they're five goals more and then they're expected they've scored, so that's pretty hot. And on the defensive side, they are three and a half goals better than they're expected, or fewer than they're expected. So they're hot at, on the hot the hot in both boxes. So that's always a good thing in terms of getting mm-hmm. results. But how long you can sustain that for is is always the key, the million dollar question. Um, yeah, they're plus three on the expected points as well, aren't they, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tottenham are extremely hot in attack, ultra hot in attack. Um, seven goals more on Opta than they're um, expected. Um, Brighton, 
Man United attack is mediocre. Chelsea's easy. Chelsea's attack is even worse, right? Yeah. Uh, Chelsea's attack is just ap- just downright bad. Um, aren't they signing somebody really big though? Um, uh, well, a front the guy that you Nkun- spoke about. Nkunku, Nkunku, is, yeah. Is that in the summer? Or is that in January? I think that's January. Oh, fuck, I, think, I think it's summer, but I'm not sure. Is it summer? Um, well, anyway, okay. I've seen both. I, mean, I thought it was general. But Ch- Chelsea's attack is objectively bad at the moment from mm. the start of the season. In terms of the defence, the, the, the teams, um, Brighton are running slightly cold. So, so are Man United uh, and Tottenham. So they've all conceded more than their expected numbers. Um which is, where we're, we're, us and Chelsea are slightly warm. You know, we, we've got better, we, we, because of our keepers, Kepo's actually yeah. saved Chelsea a few things this season. So, the, so Tottenham have really hot in attack, Newcastle hot at both ends, and otherwise, you know, you look at Man United's numbers there, they they look like a, a six or seventh place team. They don't look very good, but I don't know if you've seen no, much No, it's... 20 yeah. and 20, isn't it? So they've yeah. scored 20, conceded 20. They've got a XG 21.8 on it. It's under stat, a 17.3 on GA. So, yeah, they're not great. They're not great at all. They're overperformed their points by three as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I would... They would, They look mid-table. Yeah. To be honest with you. They're but so just, do we. <laughs> so do we. Yeah. But I, I think there's bits... We've got a game in, you know, we've got, we've got another game to play. There's, there's periods where we have, oh, gee, actually, I've no, scratched that up. Just looks at what I'm saying about our defence. So, uh, yeah. so uh, yeah, fair enough. But no, I think we do at the moment, but I just think, how can United improve? Well, they've bought every player. You know, they've got a decent DM in. They've got these players in. They're looking yeah. at linking to another forward. They've just the, probably the, the biggest bonus that United fans will be looking at, whether they want to admit it well, or not. Well, Ronaldo's, Ronaldo's left. Yeah, yeah. Right, so now they can actually forcibly. They don't have to worry about playing. I don't know yeah. the front three, yeah, that's which could be quite terry. It could be quite interesting well, for United fans. I, I don't think. I think based on United's numbers, I don't see any reason why we can't overturn a four. Point. No, I don't think we. I think yeah. we can overtake United. Uh, I think we can overtake Tottenham. So um, if we win yeah. our game in hand, we're five points behind Newcastle. Yeah, Rosie. Hmm. But I think Newcastle. United and Spurs have only conceded; they've conceded fewer big chances than Man City. So I think there's something there with their defensive stuff that is quite good. Well, it's with miles better than ours, twice as good as ours. But um, it's whether, like you say, whether they can score goals because I think Chelsea have struggled, uh, Man United have struggled, um, Spurs to Spurs. Spurs have had quite a few big chances, <clears throat> so attack. Seems to have a bit more process, but but then on the flip side, if you look at how many, um, if you if you look at some of the Spurs games, they've been really really bad in the first yes. half. So yeah, conce- consistently conceding the first goal in the first half, which is what we were doing, mm-hmm. um, and that you can't keep doing that either. So whether they're just being really cautious at first. And then taking the game to teams in the in the in the second half or in the last thirty, which is what they did with us. Um, I don't know. I think they need a tactical tweak to be more proactive mm. in the first half to have any success this season. Um, I think Ronaldo leaving is possibly the worst news we could have had. Because yeah. then, it, because then it, they lose. 
a, a lot there was a lot of circus around United about Ronaldo, yeah. wasn't there? Um, a lot of questions being asked all the time about him. Um, and now Ten Hag's got control. I, I'm a, I hate to say it, but I would be a little bit more. I know you said the numbers are mid-table, but I think he's contributed a bit to that as he did last season. Um, and I think they might might have a better second half of the season. Um, Rosie, what's um, Newcastle's big chances conceded? Yeah, Newcastle's big chances is is, is twenty two conceded. Yeah, conceded Man City have conceded see, three. See, Newcastle only conceded eleven, right? Their XGA is yeah. near eighteen on understat. So that's something they are. They are hot. They are hot. They are, they are hot. hot but, I mean, yeah. very hot. They are yeah. hottest of the. So I'm. Um, that's where I. Yeah, I think we could. I think that that gives me hope. That we can put Newcastle is signing players in Jan as well. Yeah, they will sign somebody. They will sign players, of course, and they're in a position to do that as well because they can sell. Do, the do you know which? Do you know one fixture that didn't take place in before the World Cup, which hasn't happened yet? Oh no, uh, Newcastle Arsenal, and they yeah. play on. Ah, yeah. They play on New Year's Day. I mean, that should be a really good game, and it'll be really, I think, quite an intelling game. It's at Arsenal, I think. On New Year's I Day. I fancy Newcastle to win that. Do you? No, Jesus. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. And Jesus has been amazing for us. That's what I'm saying. He, he's pivotal to that. You just said the pressing up front, right? He's yeah, been yeah. pivotal to that. Without that, I don't think you can fix that. So I've got a few other things on our. I've got a Go few on. other things on our rivals. Um, so I think, the, yeah, the most important thing is that we're not trying to overhaul any objectively good teams. No. I think that's helpful. And some of those teams are a little bit hot. Just on teams, team styles. Um, PPDA. This is on. Um, Mm-hmm. understat um, Leeds are best in the league perhaps unsurprisingly there Chelsea close second then Arsenal and Newcastle very close behind Chelsea so in terms of PPDA Arsenal and Newcastle very very aggressive this year uh, Brighton and Le- Brighton and Liverpool just behind Arsenal and Newcastle with Spurs and United firmly in a mid-table position there um, goalkeeping wise Kep has been really good for Chelsea Mendy has been an aberration Um and um, David De Gea and Hugo Lloris are way under their post-shot. Actually, De Gea has conceded 3.7 goals more than expected and Lloris 2.9. Um, you know, that could be a worry there if those two goalkeepers get their shit together in the second half yeah. of the season. On uh, Newcastle as well, down with the PPDA, I would say <laughs> they remind me of, a, of one of the, um, I think it was a second version of, Chelsea's Mourinho, that broken press, so they'll press high and defend deep. Yeah, we talked about this after the Newcastle game. We did, didn't we? Bart's had that brilliant mm. thing where they, 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 they almost set up to play in short bursts. Yeah. yeah. Very much short, short sharp, and they've, they've really reduced down their PPDA as a key metric. The only thing, I don't know what this, you know, understand, I've got OPA, OPPDA. Opposition PPDA, yeah, yeah. See, Newcastle, just look at them now, and Newcastle's own is 9.7, the opposition is 11. Yeah. Whereas if you look at the others, they're all, like ours, for example, yeah. our own is 10, and we, the opposition is 21. Yeah. Cities is 25. I know, they just, yeah, they just let Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just quite interesting to see the difference yeah. in the approaches, and that's, yeah, a real, absolutely. that's a real outlier in the top six. Though. It is. Um, on terms of, um, I'm looking at the opt numbers as well, um, perhaps unsurprisingly, the best two teams in the Premier League for finishing this season are Man City and Arsenal. Um, Man, mm. Man City have scored nine goals more 
than the, the opposite the post shot XG and Arsenal seven goals more. Tottenham also hot there. They they they're five five more. Uh, Newcastle slightly hot. We are neutral, completely neutral. So are Chelsea. Um, Man United, they're the worst in the Premier League for finishing. Are they? Four, mm-hmm. <laughs> four goals less. They've, they, they've, they've scored four less than their post-shot XG in attack. Jeez. So, yeah, that, that's a game. So, United have got... You could, arguably be, you could argue that Man United are the worst team in both boxes in the Premier League and Newcastle are the best. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's. You could also argue that that might reverse. Yes, if yeah, if you play enough games. Um. So, uh, just on shot quality, just in Roji, you've already talked about our shot quality with the average of the models. I just wanted to mention it in the context of the Opta model. So the average shot value on Opta this season, for not excluding pens, is nine point seven percent. Um. Average so zero point zero nine seven xG is the average. In terms of our shots conceded, average shot quality conceded, we are point one two seven, so twelve point seven percent. So three percent, three whole percentage points higher, yeah, worse than the league average. Or if you want to do it in relative terms, twenty five percent more than the league average. That's how bad, and we are the worst in the league in terms of the average shot quality, worse than Fulham. Chelsea, the only other team over 12% in terms of average shot quality. So Chelsea, Fulham, and Liverpool are three worst defences in the Premier League. Yeah, Spurs That's, are the best. That has to improve, Dan. It does. Yeah. has to improve. We have to, we have to literally get that down to league average at worst for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. From, from yeah. this point onwards. Um, Spurs have got the best uh, defence. Their, their average shot quality is there, 7.3%. Newcastle, second best, 8.2%. Uh, and then United, Arsenal and City, just all about bang on the lead average, average pretty much. Um, final few. Um, United are Chelsea are non-factors on attacking set plays. Um, and, and also, Man United are also terrible on defending set plays as well. I mean, there's very few redeeming features about Man United on all these metrics, I have to say. So Man United and Chelsea, non-factors on set plays. Liverpool, Newcastle, Spurs, all strong on set plays. Um, Man City's Man City's defence is outstanding on set plays, defending their number yeah. of shots they can see from set plays. Liverpool, Newcastle, Arsenal, Brighton and Tottenham are all good at defending. So the only outlier there is Man United on set plays. Um, We've had 69 shots on set plays compared to... Um, Newcastle seventy-eight. Are we second? We're second. Man City are on fifty-nine. Yeah. Um, and one massive, massive change from us for us this season versus last season. Remember, last time we used to talk about the high line, mm. and um, but last season we could play the high line, and but we'd also generate the offsides. We are only fourth this season for the number of offsides provoked. Yeah, twenty-nine. Uh, Newcastle. Of, of provoke the most offsides in the league, maybe surprisingly, 34. 34 in 14, 15 games. Yeah. Yeah, I, thought we are playing, I thought they were playing a, a, a high press and low block. And, mm, and maybe they're playing high press, high line, who knows? But How many have we got? Not, not, 29. We're 29. <laughs> wow. So we, we're about to, to, to a game, to, just over yeah. to a game, yeah. Jeez. Another thing on Newcastle, they've hit the woodwork the most times with eight. We're second with six. Oh, okay. okay. Also, we're one of the only t- one of two or what, three, four teams without a pen this season. Yeah, and we scanned, yeah. and we conceded, and we conceded four in all comps or five. Uh, Fulham, West Ham, 
Napoli two, and I'm sure there's another one. I'm sure, I'm sure there's another one after that as well. I'm sure it was five. So yeah. Well, that's your uh, prediction. So that's yeah, 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 that's uh, that was that. absolute jinx. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Um, right. Has anybody got anything on any other? Indiv- I've got one on individual player. Um, anybody? Yeah, else? I have. I have, and I think this has to change. And obviously, I would have researched this, but Trent's the third highest in the season this um, campaign with not point six three big chances created a game without an assist. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. And yep. will change. That will change. Creating that that quality of chance for your for your teammates, and then not converting. On the flip side, Robertson, I think, is second or third in terms of um, in terms of expected assists, um, which is just just like how unlucky can you get if you're creating that many big chances again, but you you upon you are not expected assists, actual assists. Um, what what can you do? That's just your. Let me see. Robertson seventh with four assists, and he is six with 0.42 assists per ninety. Um, the highest in the league is Kulisevsky with 0.74. Um, the other strange one, again, it's just sample size, but um, Nunes is at 0.88 big chances created this season. So not only is he having one point created. Yes. Wow. Second <laughs> behind De Bruyne. Wow. Um, what is, he, is he having 1.75 big chances? <laughs> he's creating 0.88. He's, he's just, he's causing chaos and his conversion numbers are worse than average. So he need, like I said, if he gets hot, we come third. Yeah. Yes. And on that one, we, we, we also on Nunes, we do have three players. In the opt, according to the opt yeah. model, in the top ten of the league for non penalty xG per ninety minutes played, uh, obviously Harland is top, but point seven five. Nunes is just behind point seven. Salah point five one. Firmino point four one. So three player, three Liverpool players in the top ten. Yeah. So we've got attacking. three Liverpool players. Three, we've got three Liverpool players in the top ten for big chances. Quick. <clears throat> yeah. The other one is Elliot point five one. The attack is not the problem. No, but didn't, right, you, so, didn't you say it's a problem? Didn't you say Harlan had seven of the biggest things over the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what Bobby we, was in the middle, wasn't he? Of that, yeah, yeah. So one thing, we, oh, one thing Harlan. I did was we just just tracking the overall performance of the Optus 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 mm. Optivision model, and as of now, second of December. Um, there have been 399 goals scored in the Premier League. Um, so we obviously take out any own goals scored. I think it's I think it's 419 actual goals and there's 20 own goals. So three, 399 normal goals, 382.1 expected. So we are at a rate of 1.04 goals to 1xG at the moment on the Opta model. Now, That's what, impressive, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. It, it it so I think it's first of all I, what I would say, Bart. I mean, to me, is that three hundred ninety nine goals on a model like Opta is still a small sample. You need to be yeah, getting yeah, to yeah, the tens yeah, of thousands. Yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but my my think my little project was going to be let's look at the other Opta models on FB Ref. Let's look at Liga and let's look at Serie A. Let's mm. look at Bundesliga and let's see what the performance is there. What's the ratio of goals to expected in those leagues and. You know, either any other, because it could just be that the Premier League has got better players, so the players finish higher than their XG slightly more. Because Erling Haaland is seven 
So there's, there's, we are 17 goals over expected as a league, and Erling Haaland's going to explain seven of, seven of those by himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bobby was, well, I think Bobby was four, four over. Yeah, four over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is about three under. Um, But you mentioned Trent, right, Roti? Um, And I was going to say, not just on that one stat, though, but I do agree that has to change. But unfortunately, I mean, this is my big one, who needs to improve more than anybody? It's Trent. Um, Because if you look at, you know, FB reflects, you look at the player's whole career. And unfortunately, this is pretty much the worst series of of his season of his career. Um, So... Okay, he's he's got zero assists, which is a freak. But his, his expected assists are down. Um, his lowest of his career, point two per game. Uh, last year was point four one. His key passes are down. Um, it's um, uh, two point four this season, two point eight last. Um, his through balls are down. Point four five versus point five four. His switches are down. 1.6 versus 2.2, and his shot creating actions are down 4.1 versus 5.1. I mean, that, this he's one of the bit, the most important players in the team, um, and he's critical for us because he's our playmaker. And I, I just mm. think he can't surely be as me, is mediocre, harsh. Yeah, I, 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 how I don't do we know that. that. How do we marry that up with with nearly 0.7 big chances again? Then is it? <clears throat> I don't know. You look at so that that might be one of his highest. Mm. You just said that Robbo's only a good season, yeah. Yeah, right? it's actually yeah. Trent's above him in a lot of those. Yeah, stats. yeah, exactly. Right, progressive passes. Robbo's got four, just over four a game. Trent's six point eight. Yeah, you know, uh, key passes. Another one you just said. Uh, Robbo's got two point five. Trent's two point three. You know, yeah. XT if you like. Uh, Trent's two point point uh, two three. Uh, Robbo's 2.6, expected yeah. 0.2 versus 2.5. They're all random. But the only metric that Trent is vastly below Robbo is the actual assists <laughs> for this season. So, yeah. but I, I'm not, not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying in terms of context, you know, he's yeah, maybe so cost us his by, by, by the performance of normal players, he's not having a bad he's season. He's not having a bad season. By, by, the context, Trent, by the context of himself and what, yeah. we, what we need him to Very be. Line. Yeah. He's yeah. having, you know, I think he has to, he has to get better. Has to improve, has to improve, yeah. But, but, but And this might be the weirdest stat I'm ever going to say, but John Henderson's created more big chances per game this season than Phil Ford and point <laughs> Yeah. Point four to point. <laughs> um, but, I, 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 I couldn't believe that when I saw it. So <laughs> I opted, someone opted related to John Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've we've got a massively um, skewed perception of his chance um, yeah. creation this season because I hadn't. Can I be honest? I hadn't noticed he was creating basically half a big chance a game. Yeah, I just yeah, you're right. I hadn't noticed that at all. He doesn't show up in those stats. I just said to you, the only one he showed. No, he. Oh, sorry, he's got he's got six point five progressive passes, but that's about the only stat that's anywhere near the others. On the ones that just read out, and obviously we talk about Trent, but it's it's clear that you know players like Fabinho and Van Dijk have to have much better, yeah, post World Cup seasons as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not trying to single out Trent or be mean to him or any way because he, we just, no, I just no, wanted to, we just wanted to what? get back to his world class best form. Yeah. One thing about our defence, and I, I did put a limit of, um, I think it was 500 minutes on this, 
But our aerial duels, we've got Van Dijk, who's been excellent at 76%. Uh, I think that's slightly below his career average, but it's still... It's, I think it's, yeah, 75, yeah, I think, is his career. Yeah. Trent is at 61%. Gomez is at 57 For your centre-half, absolutely not good enough. <clears throat> no. But we cannot carry on with a centre-half at 57% when we've had two or three seasons with your Matips and your Canates up at 70 Yeah, plus. yeah. Um, but we've only got four players who have had that many minutes who are above 50%, and that's Henderson, Gomez, Trent and Van Dijk. Teams... I'm- if it, we're just too either too small to win aerial duels, which could be an issue because you've got Thiago, um, Elliot, you've got players in there, Cavalio, you've got players in there competing who can't compete in the air. Um, yeah. But that's a key thing for me. Our central three, so Fabinho's at 50%, he's usually higher because of his height. Um, yeah. Matip is usually at 75+. plus. Van Dijk's always at 75 plus. That triumvirate there and that three uh, get rid of a lot of the danger from from some of the teams that are a bit more direct against us. If Gomez is at 57%, that's a massive worry. He's, Gomez is also the second um, in the top 10 in the league for defensive errors. Thiago's in the top five at 0.14 for mm-hmm. errors leading to shots. If we can reduce the errors and win more aerial duels in that three, um, with Trent carrying on at sixty-one percent, which is excellent for a fullback. Robertson, yeah. Robertson is at forty-four. I think he's better in the air than that. The way I would say it, right, is that I would personally be happy, um, very happy, in fact, that if we didn't see Joe Gomez at centre half for the rest of the season, if it would that because that would mean it would be either Joel Matter or Canati play, and I'd be happy just to see um, yeah. Joe fill it, uh, rotating at right back with Trent. Yeah, yeah, I'm like. I agree with you, Dolph, but I also think that's quite sad. Because yeah. that's the end of his career for Liverpool. Yeah. You don't buy Ramsey to be a backup. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying I, I, I agree with your sentiment because he hasn't played well enough, yeah. And that's what yeah. you've ultimately got to be. But you for me, that'll be the end of the road for him. You can't have a word you can't have a combo, Dan. I think I think we'll all agree with this. You can't have a combo of making more errors than the average centre back. And winning few aerial duels. No, yeah. I mean, Anderson's got an aerial win rate of eighty in one of their three. You know, I think. But, yeah, and also the fact that when you there's two when we were in the really really bad run, yes. and against Forest and Leeds, yeah. and then you know the, the Leeds game was so damning against Napoli in that first half. Because yeah. Jesse March is not not a tactical genius, but he he just pressed every other player apart from Joe Gomez from and just Joe let Gomez, yeah. just it was so it was it was so cruel, and he just let Joe have the ball, have the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Whatever way you look at it, this back end of the season is is Joe saving his career for Liverpool. For me yeah. personally, it's a massive. As much as Trent's got to improve, as we've said, I think some of the midfield have got to step up and work out yeah. if they're going to be who they were or if they're going to be the player they've turned up this season being. Um, and Gomez definitely. This is this is it. If he doesn't do it. Uh, yeah, I, I actually I'm saw somebody. Shot, I actually saw some a Liverpool fan because I'm not watching the World Cup. Obviously, said uh, Henderson needs to bring his England form to England, to Liverpool. I mean, that'd be a first. I mean, because <laughs> they're even saying that. So, and to be know. fair, like let's break that down. Yeah, as much as we joke about that. Yeah, look at the midfield threes playing in. We yeah. all Declan Rice is at the top of his game as a six, right? Yeah, yeah. and Bellingham is doing 
apparently all the running in the world all around him energy the rest of it but he's gonna look all right isn't he yeah because he doesn't have to do some of the physical work he can just get on the ball i'm i'm guessing i've not watched it like you but i'm guessing in the last game they didn't press him much he was able to get on the ball pick a pass make runs because bellingham and rice would sort out fits after it I don't know whether that's right or not, but I'm just guessing from no, what Senegal we know. Did, Henderson... did press in the first half. Did they? Bellingham was a bit ridiculous in terms of getting out of a press. In fairness to him, um, and I haven't seen much of Bellingham to be honest, um, but yeah, he has been a little bit daft. But you know, what I'm saying if Henderson plays in the midfield with two other players who are well, Hend- really yeah. high, yeah, 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 he's yeah. going to be he's going to look better, isn't he? Well, and, and, and we, and we <laughs> in England have defended quite low as well um, at times. They're just, just moving it on a bit, Dan. Can we just name our three key things for what we think we need to do to come in the top four? Um, okay, so mine. I think Nunez's conversion rate, um, people converting Trent's chances that he's creating, and our aerial rule rate success improving from our centre-backs and holding midfielder. Uh, I was going to simply say it's going to be three three things in terms of players. I think we need to get Virgil and Trent to last season's levels and we need Alisson to stay at the level he is. I think if those three things happen, I think we can get top four, maybe probably finish third as well. Because I, I already I already think the attack is doing enough. That's fair yeah, enough. I, I, for me, you need to get the, the diamond working. So Alisson's doing that fine, but you need the two centre-halves playing well and the, and the DM in front. Mm. Uh, if you get that diamond working, we're, we're absolutely fine. So Canati um, fit would be a big deal. Canati would be... Canati regularly playing with Van Dijk or Matip. Matip and, and Van Dijk are phenomenal in their own form, right? But the two centre-halves, the DM in front and the, and the goalkeeper working, as we know they will do, completely shutting down the opposition, allowing Trent to do his thing, and I think we'll be fine. If we don't get that, we won't. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been your Under Pressure podcast. We will be back next week for a Q&A session. Um, hopefully, Sai will be with us. I'll be dishing out the questions well in advance so everybody gets a good look at these things. Um, but we'll be back then. Until then, um, whatever you're doing, have fun up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.